Back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-9760. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Tylow Orchid. All right, if you're going out shopping at the Rim or you're in the Dominion area, that's Tylow Orchid at the Dominion. They are open Monday through Friday from 5 to 9 p.m. Great family atmosphere. Uh, great menu to choose from. Make sure you check them out. That is Tylow Orchid. Official sponsor of the sports car. All right, as we move on along here, and we'll get to some social media here, but wanted to put this out. Didn't want to uh, forget to talk about this, but um, remember this uh, sick individual, Larry Nassar, Nassar, or however you pronounce his last name. Um, well, his survivors are suing the FBI for a billion dollars. Uh, for not intervening uh, in their abuse. And remember when this was a story years ago when he was going through trial and there were details coming. I mean, this was one of those things that came out that, you know, the FBI really dropped the ball on the investigation, you know, whether you want to use words like taking it more serious or doing their due diligence. But um, this is where we're at, man, in the in, – in the, um, in our society, I mean, because to me, you know, this is, I mean, and I don't know who the lawyer or who's the law from taking this. Uh, There's, it's attorneys representing uh, the more than 90 okay. women and girls. Um, and I forgot there's already been one kind of settlement with this in general. I think it, well, first of all, excuse me, it's not, it's kind of connected because of this ass, but he, the Michigan state where he was a coach there, whatever they, I think they, it took them what a hundred million, 90 million or something like that, that they've already divvied up or paid out to some of his, his victims on that end. But this is the national Olympic team, which by the way, I mean, it, it, you know, kind of flew on the radar cause we got all this other stuff going on, but I think the U S gym, uh, gymnasts, I think they just raised their age limit based off of what happened with this, you know, from the juniors and youth of kids or whatever, based off of the results of this, tragic situation uh, that these young girls went through. Uh, but, you know, when I hear about our FBI getting sued for that, it starts to make me wonder, like, is this to where we're kind of headed as a country? Because, you know, you especially, you know, uh, hour away in Uvalde two weeks ago, I mean, you know, you there's a situation where we, we kind of sort through all this to where it's going to be, and, you know, I've had conversations, and AC brought this up to me, but it comes down to, like, okay, is our FBI – I mean, what's up with our, you know, security, cybersecurity, online security where you pick up these the, these clues or watching this, where this kid basically sit here, however long ago, you know, brutalizing animals on social media that nobody says anything. And then, you know, you have uh, supposed to have a division out there that watches over stuff. But like I told AC, it's a thin, I understand. I even know that there's a thin line with that because it always comes back to America's freedoms. Well, we don't want y'all to kind of do this. You know, I, like I said, old Bush and his administration after nine 11, they, they, they bent the rules and I'm being nice in regards to really, when we talk about personal freedoms, being able to 
you know, tap into people's laptops and social media. I mean, that's protecting us after all those lies left on 9-11. But my point is with this whole thing is like, hey, you know, they're going to hold accountable the FBI. And, th- and this is different because this is evidence. And I think they've already admitted. And this is evidence they dropped the ball. But it just got me thinking of where is this the start of something. But definitely just a horrible situation. But that's uh, that's definitely big news today in regards to that. Yeah, we're just in a spot, a place in in society with all the information that we have about being able to hold uh, people accountable. Yeah, you know, and and that's where it, there's almost well, yeah, there's almost no excuse. Mm. Again, when you look at the, this, uh, the statements made around the the Nassar case, they say that you know FBI officials who possess this knowledge and were in a position to end Nassar's predation were grossly derelict. And their duties resulting in the in in, in Nassar so sexually assaulting approximately a hundred young women and children hmm. over, over the over the one year. Just terrible, terrible. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. Okay. Also, I brought it up in the opening of the show, but I want to before we get to some of your social media comments, I want to bring this up because I talked about Duke. All right, and I want to get this uh, lady's name uh, correct here. Uh, but she was hired to really play a GM role, okay? Her name is Rachel Baker, and she's a former Nike employee, and she's been hired as a GM role to oversee student-athletes, basketball players, and helping them with how to value their endorsement, how to deal with NIL. I mean, I'm, it's not that she's there to try, but this is, and, and again, they're learning on the fly with this, everybody, on how to navigate this NIL deal because they ran it out there. Um but to me, that's the, again, that's the start of something. I, I think it's smart. I mean, I know it doesn't look good. I mean, people that are really bothered by this, especially the people that are swimming in student debt and all this stuff that I have to hear, people just not down with athletes at the collegiate level getting compensated, this is really going to make their butt itch. But before I even saw this today, I started looking at, uh, because this is another thing that kind of came out um, that with with Alabama, because people know that I pretty much pay attention to what goes on uh, with Alabama. Uh, but Alabama and Nick Saban, okay, they just pretty much announced yesterday or a couple of days ago, um, they signed and, and, and they signed a recruit, Julian Lewis, a high profile quarterback, okay, high profile high profile quarterback. Committed to Alabama. There was a lot of guys at a lot of schools after kids in the eighth grade. He took a picture with Nick Saban a week ago or so and saying, hey, thank Nick or whatever like this recruiting eighth grade. So it got me thinking like, okay, I'm down with the NIL and, and people, you know, pretty much parents or whatever kids saying, okay, what endorse me? Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Jonas, or anybody out there, okay? My question is, do we really? Because in high school, you have, and this is kind of what Nick's beef was about, this whole Jimbo thing. This is kind of where Nick has talked about this beef. But in high school, you have recruiting people out there that are recruiting high school kids based off the NIL, deals like kind of negotiate that and this is where i've got to see and maybe sam correct me if i'm wrong but 
when I when I if that's going on and that's in the rules, even the people that are supporting this, like myself, and I was going to ask Sam this: Do we really want eighth grade kids? Because I don't know if this is the kid, but remember I told y'all there's there's a they they the name is stayed anonymous, but there was a kid in middle school, and I don't know if it's him. I don't think it's him because he probably would have heard it. But there was a kid that supposedly which way he could sway could already lock up an eight, a $8 million type of worth NIL deal. But my question is, when we talk about Duke hiring a GM to run this at the basketball level, and there will be others that come and be like, oh, well, no one wants to be the first one to jump in the pool, okay? Remember pool parties, you know, God, nobody want to be the first one to take the shirt off and get in the pool. So Duke has done that with a GM. So this is going to start happening. I don't know what the rapid pace, but this ain't the, this is the first, not going to be the last. But do we really want eighth grade kids? I don't care if it's their parents that are n- navigating to this, but do we really want eighth grade kids that are about to go to high school walking around campus on eighth grade or their freshman year in high school with ideal proposals on the table or money at that? Is this is is this really where what what we kind of want? And is there a rule that that kind of because what about the kid who was the 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 state quarterback phenom down here Quinn that went, to Ohio, went to Ohio State and, and is he, now back at Texas. But he left high school early whatever because he couldn't get an idea. Is that correct? Yes, he like graduated that? early. He finished his classes in that August, I think, last August, last July, so that he could go and be on campus because he uh, they would not allow him to sign an NIL while still in high school. Uh, what you got, Sam? Yeah, that's a UIL law. That's a okay. UIL rule specific. Some states allow it. Texas doesn't. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, see, we don't have to worry about that down here in Texas. Okay? Got to worry about a gun situation, which is more important, but we ain't got to worry about that. But what do you, where do you feel that this is, Sam? Because when I first talked about the NIDL, and I've been, we've been talking about this for years in the show, but I, I remember you like, wait a minute, why do you want to put a cap on it? You push back on me. But where are you at when it comes down to, let's say Texas is not, we don't have to worry about this, but we look at other states. Eighth grade kids, because, look, man, I'm 45 years old, and I can't remember really who I talked to last week or yesterday, let alone what my mentality was at eighth grade. But I have enough memories to know, like, if I had an NIL deal in eighth grade the way I kind of was, I'm walking with my chest a little bit. What would you say, Miss Clark? Oh, nice shoes. Today. No, I don't feel, I'm falling asleep today. I mean, what do, we, what do you feel about this? And where is there limits to this? Well, I mean, junior high kids are already being recruited. Okay. So they're already playing AAU circuit ball and having uh, you know sponsors pay for trips True. and get them to go to Vegas twice a year to play in national Nike Spotlight tournaments. I to me it's par for the it's course. Just it's actually it's actually allowing capitalism to play its course. It's allowing the hmm. free market to be a free market. If some donors or some boosters think an eight greater is worth investing in then that's the market saying they think that's a good idea it doesn't buy it doesn't to me it doesn't it doesn't affect me whatsoever because right. i believe that junior high kids have been receiving under the table payment okay. already for decades okay i don't think it's anything new now it's just again it's just all out in the public all out yeah. in the public yeah you're all probably right that, that kind of makes sense i i'm torn on it i mean a little bit like i said i'm down with the nil deal i'm kind of torn on that aspect of it uh, but all i can tell you what's going to happen it's just gonna. It's gonna create more 
wannabe Richard Williams, uh, more Earl Woods of the world, like parents that are just going to, it's already been like, even before the NIL came along for the last decade, 15 years, we've had parents that are trying to set up like, damn, you're 401k. I got two kids and I'm out here. We're doing two a days and everything. We, we got parents. I see them on my social media. Sometimes I, I've known some that they will sit there and drive their kids to the fact like, no, this is what we need to do because this is the kind of money that's out there. So to me, if you're going to have eighth graders negotiating whether they can, they can't touch it till they, they're when they leave high school or they can't do it just to get that commitment on the dotted line, you're going to create another, um, culture of parents that are just going to go and take it to another level with their kids in my in my opinion but again like i think saying let it take its course let's see but we're out we're off to the races we're off yeah i think that what allows the the culture to become a little bit more toxic around that is is the understanding that your kid doesn't have to doesn't have to go pro this is just from collegiate offers so there's not only 32 teams that that that, that, that you have to buy yeah. for. There's all these universities, and you were talking the other week. Okay, well, if, if that's the starting number of 13 million is a starting for a roster at Ohio State, as Coach Ryan Day said, what's that starting number for a, a program like UTSA look like? And so, even if you're even if your you know your son or daughter is not D1, you know, Power Five material, because not every kid is. Um, you can still push for okay. Well, what's my D, what do my D two offers look like? We see what we see what prime time is trying to do for HBCUs. Every university is going to have its platform and its budget figured out with its. Uh, and of course, the universities aren't the ones paying these students. It's the boosters. It's the community. Right. The community uh, figureheads that own the businesses that are part of that influence. And I think what you're talking about. I, I like what Sam said the other day when he said, "Hell, if Ohio State said he need thirty million for this roster, what about some of the other rosters on how much was really raised to go ahead and keep those intact?" But that's where we're at. For people that's not pip, uh, keeping up with this. That's kind of where we're headed. Um, but also, um, as well, uh, speaking of that, um, it, it's just one of those situations to where we're going to have to see it kind of play out on how it's going to work and how, you know, how does it move that way. But it's just really one of those things that, you know, we've been saying it for a while, but the NCA is it's, 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 it's clicking. The time, the clock, the clock is clicking on that stuff just being, being gone. It, it's just about to be gone. See, and that's where, like, it's it's so far outdated because you're describing something that happens all across this country with junior high kids through TikTok or YouTube yeah. or whatever social media platform yeah. they're on where they're generating millions of dollars and the oh. free market has yeah. no issue giving that that's family true. their money. This, that's this, It's just finally entering college athletics and it's finally right. being, it's finally breaking down the long outdated barriers that have been held up by generations of power hungry uh, adults at the top. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, it was crazy. It was years ago, but there, I forgot the kid's name. There was a kid that went viral on YouTube for opening toys. Like he would open toys. That kid was supposed to be making like 15 million or something like that a year because all these major toy companies would send him stuff to his house open this on YouTube and just play. And that kid is not even like 10, 12 and they getting, he's, he was generating like 10 or 15 million one year off of that. This what is the, the influencer generation. Exactly. The, 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 the economy, the, the, our infrastructure has been now 
established for this. It's been set up for this. But the one thing where you get cloudy when you talk about collegiate sports versus all these other other opportunities, and this is one of the things that kind of flew under the radar, I feel like, with Nick Saban speaking at those Olympic the Olympic Games event the other the other week or last month, where he was talking about it's the scholar the scholarship element because this money the scholar these are scholarship athletes and they're and they're being paid by outside the university and so where's that level of control because he's saying as a scholar this is my scholarship athlete I offered them this this is coming from the school this is coming from the boosters program. But because you're paying this kid so much, you're going to want that influence as to whether he sees the field or not. You're taking that power away from me because you're going to say, I'm going to, if he doesn't see the field, you're going to take his money away from him. And now he's going to enter the transfer portal. And so you're entering a, a state because the, the, payer, the players are already, in a sense, being paid to play at that university by their scholarships. So at one point, you're going to have to, if, if this NIL continues to go this direction, at what point do we have the conversation about peeling back scholarship support? And that's where Saban said, goes on to say, though, that if you peel back scholarship support from the programs, from the football program, the basketball program, because you're now allocating those funds, then the booster money coming in that supports the scholarships in general, it's not going to be there to support the non-income sports like softball, tennis, and in some schools yeah, but, baseball. But I, but I love Nick Saban, but to me that falls under because them, that money ain't been coming to them school, them, them programs anyway, really. I mean, it's been having to be trickled down from the football program anyway. So that's yeah, one of if, those. But if they take away the scholarships from football, the, then the booster money from football, then it's not going to be in there for everybody else anyway. Mm. 1-800-707-976. You listen to the Sports Crowd. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that's Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks. and um, Or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um, all right. So, speaking of that, man, I had to bring you those cases. I got like piles of things in case at home. It's like, man, I love my king. Yeah, you? spread the wealth. Yeah, like my man Chappelle used to say on the the crackhead he used to play. I can't eat all of it. That Joe Rogan, that <laughs> one, that was hilarious, man. That's classic. I don't know, Joe. Can't eat all of it. That pig's feet. But anyway, um, all right. 
live update for the day. And trust me, I'm about to let this live stuff settle because this is not going to be resolved anytime soon. But we talked about it yesterday. Um, had a chance to even talk to Uncle Andy about it off air. Uh, he, I, I like his. He had some interesting insight on it. But um, first of all, I will say, well, let's talk about this. We got two more people. That's uh, Bryce DeChambeau, as I call him, and who else? Patrick Reed. Shocking on Reed. That that didn't shock me, but DeChambeau's kind of surprised me. With that said, this is my. I told you in the next. What, what do you want to hold? Just to really quick on that one. So it, uh, the New York Post uh, confirming today that uh, Bryson is going to make a hundred over a hundred million dollars to join the tour as part of his deal. Uh, Dustin Johnson got the one twenty five mark, and Phil Mickelson at two hundred million. Man, it's all gang money they got. You've now there. got Something. the big names on this tour. DeChambeau, Mickelson, Johnson, uh, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, Kevin Na, Lee Westwood, uh, Charles Schwarzel, and uh, Graham McDowell. Okay, I'm going to give them to the end of this week or maybe till Monday. But as of now, because I told you yesterday on the show that we will see how of a threat PJ is based off the next 48 hours or 72 hours on how they handle this. As of now, I think they've had a weak response, speaking of the PGA. Like, I feel that if 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 Dustin Johnson, I mean, we've known what the feel, but Dustin Johnson and some of these other cats, and now you're saying DeChambeau and Creed, uh, Reed, excuse me, is joining. It's like, are you going to – you had this private meeting, okay, a few weeks ago. I told you I think Dustin Johnson is really calling their bluff. I mean, he's resigned. He stepped down or whatever. But the point is, is that if you really had this meeting with them, and if you maybe they're maybe they're having lawyers search through all this stuff to see what they can do, but you've got to have a press. If it, you have to have a press conference, say, well, you know what, that's fine. But they're not they're not playing in the major now. Phil's got that lifetime exemption or whatever, but. Because if you listen to Phil's response, even though he doesn't really, like, I don't know if I'm being suspended or not. I don't know. He's and he's fighting, saying I'm not stepping down from the tour. We got the U.S. Open next week. Okay, this is going to really affect the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup. You know, and I heard Andy say this, which I agree, man. I don't, I don't care. And Dustin, oh, we got these teams I get to play with. Damn about no damn team golf unless it is Ryder Cup. I mean, and I and be honest with you, I really don't really pay attention to the President's Cup. It's usually the Ryder Cup every two years. But the the PGA, if they think that they're just going to sit here, because if if guys can double dip, if they can sit there and say, man, I'm going to go get this $50 million guaranteed, $100 million guaranteed, and on top of that, they get to still compete for these purses, but I can still come back to play majors. The guys that have that's won previous majors that have those exemptions – once we get past the dust settle of people like me, like, man, you know where you're taking that money from? Do you know what's going on? Why wouldn't you have more guys go over there? And another thing is what I'm waiting to see, too, depending on how many more people cross the picket line. Not on strike, Calvin. No, I know. It's just a firm figure of speech, man. Calm down. But the more people that cross, let's say, the desert sand, do they have this PGA going to be forced in a situation where they got to start keeping points? Like they got to start their PGA points. They put on, they have to start keeping points for these guys. If you get enough guys to go, I just, to me, 
this is just one of those situations. Like I said, the only really guy I probably have a most problem with is Phil because I put him in a different category. And I get it. It's that's a lot. I'm probably not turning down that money. Okay. Unless I got to kill somebody, I'm probably not turning down that money. You know, and again, I've heard a lot, I, I heard Michael Wilbon. I got a lot of respect for Michael Wilbon. I remember him taking time to talk to me way before I on the phone, way before I got in this business. And he, and he trusts me. He was already on P, P, uh, PTI and everything. But I, I heard Michael Wilbon say, well, hey, we pick and choose. And why don't we chastise teams in NBA? Well, like I told you yesterday, this is different for me because they're individual contractors. And the thing, the reason why I have the most problem with, with Phil, because you have made a lot of money now, whether you – Mismanage it, gamble it, blow through. That's the, that's a whole different story. But you are enriched into this. And if you if the if the PJs really because if I am the TV networks and CBS and all this stuff, I'm looking at them like, uh, what are y'all gonna do? I'm not. I, what, what, you want us to charge us? You you'll charge us what to cover this tournament? And we got what ten guys over there that's not gonna play because they're over there on live. Trust me, this is getting hairy behind closed doors. But I just feel the PJ, if y'all went all that woofing, there should have been a press conference like, hey, we said what we said. We're, we're, we're gathering information. But no, we're not condoning this. And we will let the individual players know what the deal is once we find out. But this is how we feel. Just to be quiet about it and come out, well, those guys that qualify for the U.S. Open, they can still play. Because if you really want to sack Phil in the package, Take that USA U.S. Open away. He was defending champion and didn't go back to the PGA because he was hiding or just wanted the storm to blow over. He ain't miss. He don't want to miss that U.S. Open because that one he ain't got, and that's the one that means the most to him. What you got? So actually, speaking of the Open, um, that is one of three majors that the PGA does not control. They don't control the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, or the Masters, and all three of them reportedly will allow live tour players and you said who doesn't control it so pga does not control the u.s open the open championship then who are the masters that's breaking news they are they they are i think it's the u.s golf um and i'm speaking on what i do know here regarding this situation is the u.s open tweeted out uh this is just yesterday at noon allow their statement we pride ourselves in being the most open championship in the world and the players who have earned the right to compete in this year's championship both via exemption and qualifying will have the opportunity to do so our field criteria were set prior to entries opening earlier this year and it's not appropriate nor fair to competitors to change criteria once established they go on to say regarding players who may choose to play in london this week not calling it the live tour um, we simply asked ourselves this question. Should a player who had earned his way into the 2022 U.S. Open via our published field criteria be pulled out of the field as a result of his decision to play in another event? And we ultimately decided that they should not. Okay. Well, real quick, because we spent a lot of time on this, I'm just going to say then all that wolf and they sold wolf tickets then. Then that's one of those things where a Doc Rivers or a coach needs to step away and cool down after getting their ass eliminated for eight minutes before you go on a hot mic. So when you start hearing these names or Phil is really pissing you off behind closed doors for the last three weeks, nobody, especially if you're telling me the PGA doesn't control the U.S. Open and I know that with the Masters is different. But if that's the case, then you should have let cooler heads prevail if you were going to handle it this way. 
If you're going to look at like, hey, who are we to say we can, then why, I, I, I'm trying to get behind y'all. I see what's going on, and y'all leaving me out to drive because y'all have the stones to give me, hey, man, we, oh, well, I see whatever. Oh, come on, man. As far as I'm concerned, in the hell, they all going to end up dipping over there, whatever, and be like, we'll quit when NBA quits with China. How about that? And leave out. That's just really where we're at. But the PGA, they should be nervous about this. That's oil money over there, man. That's long money. That's long money. You know? 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man. Yeah, before I get to what I got to say, speaking of uh, laughing all the way to the bank, the boys over there in Saudi Arabia, the, with that golf trip, they have plenty of money to pay Tiger and Phil and them without, with these high gas prices they got here in the U.S. right now, 5 $6 a gallon. So they won't have no problem paying the U.S. golfers. I promise you that. Hey, now listen, man, I wanted to talk about Deshaun Watson right quick. It looked like, hey, man, I, I told you how we feel about Deshaun Watson in Houston. Uh, he getting what he deserved. Because, see, first of all, he made a deal with the devil. He would, uh, he let the owner of the uh, Texans know what he was into, that he was into these massages, and that he and he helped them get girls and all that. And now it come back to bite him. How are you going to tell the man you don't want to play for the team, you don't like the way they run the organization, and then, you ex- and, and then you don't expect the man to come out with all this information about all these girls that you had in the massage parlor? Deshaun Watson brought it on himself. He should have done what he uh, what he should have uh, at the beginning of the deal. Paid these girls off to make them go away. He tried to go the cheap route. Now it's gonna cost him a lot of money, and it might cost him a whole year of NFL football, and that'll be a good thing. And I thank you for taking my call today. Uh, thanks for the phone call, Mike. Now, one of the things you did say, which I will give you uh, credit, Mike, because you know I'll tell you when I don't disagree, when I think you're off the reservation. But one of the things that you did say. I, that, I didn't hear anybody take that angle, but making the deal with the devil in regards to if you, if, I mean, and, and that's Deshaun still being young. And, and yes, I, look, even though I've had my fist in the air for Deshaun for the last eight to 10 months, I've also said the one thing he, without a fact, he was guilty from was just piss poor decision making to really put himself out there with this many women and this, even if this is something you're into, get five, 10. In a circle that you can trust. One's got Monday, one's got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But the 66, so when you do that and you act bold and you're not really thinking, yeah, because right now I told you in the first hour, from an optic standpoint, they and there's going to be more stuff that comes out over the weekend, over the next few days, some visual stuff like, wow, he was then did that. Just off an optic standpoint, he's probably going to look at a game. Or maybe they might be forced in a situation a season. And trust me, they're getting pressure. And you think any owners are going to run to Haslam's defense? They're going to be like, no, that's what your ass get for giving that guaranteed money. Now wait on that present under the tree and open it up next year. Okay? Hold your code getting some reps. But, hey, it is what it is. What it is but this is, but again, I just think, even though I agree a little bit with Mike saying, I still feel his dirty pool because the Texans, again, if he never says he wants to play with anybody else who want to be there, Deshaun is still getting deep tissued. Massages everywhere. Pause. But it is what it is. It's very, this is, this is and it's sad. I mean, this is, this probably has a 30 for 30 written all over it someday, you know? 
We'll see how it goes. What do we got in the oh, real quick before we go to the social media baseball or well, hockey news, lightning tied up. I, I think they're about to run off. Well, they already ran off two straight. I think this is over. They're about to run off two more. I, I think they they got their attention. The Rangers had a good season, but I just have a gut feeling that they're about to win the one going back to New York and they're gonna close it out coming back to Tampa in six and get ready to fa- uh, to face the abs. Baseball dropped another one for the Angels. This is 13 in a row. And um, it's crazy because, you know, TBS and TNT, they have baseball games. They do kind of the post game, kind of like Kenny, Chuck, Charles and all that. Um, I mean, Ernie, Chuck and Kenny. And Pedro Martinez is on there. And I, I don't know what it is. Sometimes I just laugh at Pedro, just look and listen to him and whatever. But, you know, Pedro had an interesting thing about Joe Madden that was fired. And I remember that, you know, that was Salami, one of his favorite managers. But, you know, Pedro said, look, and Pedro was walking on egg. He's like, look, all I'm telling you, Joe Madden is very different. He manages off. He's like, so if you have a front office that's trying to do one thing, whether it's the analytic department, whatever, he's like, Joe Madden will go left. He goes, and that's good to a certain thing. He goes, but there's certain clubhouses that, and he was pausing, that it just doesn't work. And, you know, they were, you know, they were just talking about it. He's like, look, they were talking about losing streaks and stuff. They're like, hey, what's the longest, you know, streak that you've been in? And then we'll go, that's 13. You know, sometimes somebody's got to get up in the clubhouse. Somebody's got to say something. You know, of course, the the research crew that they have at uh, TBS and TNT, they say, well, hey, Pedro, the longest one that you were have, it was 10 games, 10-game losing streak. He goes, yeah, and they told him the year. I forgot what year it was. And Pedro's like, wait a minute. That's the year I was hurt. I, I didn't play that year. He goes, because I took pride in it to it at the whole. We went through the whole rotation and we were in a loser streak. He goes, I took pride in being the showstopper. I mean, I'm going to stop, stop this streak. But I thought it was interesting what he said about Joe Madden because I've always known, um, you know, how Joe Madden is kind of different. He'll do 70s trip, have everybody dressed up in 70s clothes, get on the plane. They fired him. I mean, this was going into his third year, I think. And also, bad, it gets worse. I mean, uh, Trout leaves the game yesterday with probably some hamstring problems. You know, I, I like Otani, what he said. Otani took it a little and said, hey, man, Joe got fired. I ain't been playing good. I ain't been playing that good. I like that to hear that from Otani uh, taking some responsibility. But what do we got for social media before we get out of here? What we got on Twitter and what we have on on the uh, stream line? Yeah, for sure. Checking in on the stream here really quick uh, on the live conversation. Lawrence Rangel, uh, is that Ricky? I'm assuming Ricky Fowler here. Uh, probably won't join because of all the endorsements he would lose, and you don't see any Nike guys joining. He makes a point there. Because uh, Nike is an endorsement that you can't replace, and they take care of their own guys and girls. Hmm. Hashtag swoosh life. That's an interesting take. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anything else on that one? We had one from the Spurs. What was the who tweeted? Uh, the, We've the, got the, a lot of interaction on the Spurs, and we might have to save that one for tomorrow uh, the, or an elab- elaboration as we're up against the. Yeah, movie. I hear the music. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. It was some stretched out excuses. I thought some of them is kind of valid what they say, but yeah, maybe we'll parlay that to tomorrow. But anyway, that is a wrap. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks, Mister Sandspin, the one and two, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole three hundred five South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, the stews button, and for you out the rack, just ask yourself: You grind in peace. See you tomorrow.